0: what's up all you awesome anglers it's me again herschel your host in the Largemouth angler and yes bass fishing can seem hard it takes a lot of time that you don't really have so i'm here to help you with all the tips tricks things that you need to make the most of that little time and just catch more fish now if you listen to my episode about the top five urban suburban fishing baits that i just can't leave home without one of those in there was a crankbait I love crankbaits. You have a lot of choices with them. You have a lot of things to deal with, action, diving depth, a bazillion different colors, sizes, including some that look like schooling bait fish, different styles, which change the way that they move through the water, how they're presented. They can be silent, they can make noise, and when they make noise, depending upon how they make that noise, you can have different noises. They can be fished fast or slow. They're incredibly versatile. It can be fished so many different ways that I feel like I can always catch something on one. And that's the reason why I carry multiple with me in my tackle bag. I love crankbaits because you can pretty much always use a crankbait, regardless of the season or style of fishing. Now I wanted to talk a little bit about crankbaits today. I wanted to talk about what kind of crankbaits are out there, when you can use them, how you use them, setups and all of that. And first off, I wanna start off with the square bills and the shallow divers. Squarebills typically go maybe about a max of five foot deep. Shallow divers, maybe about a max of eight foot deep. These all work best in shallow cover. So I throw these around rocks, docks, submerged wood, shallow grass lines. It's typically easier to fish with. I don't think I get as hung up as much with them. Um, if you fish them fast enough, they really don't get hung up even with treble hooks. When they bounce off of something hard, that's really good because many times that's just how you actually even get a reaction from a bass, um, when it's changing the direction or whatever it may be. These are probably my favorite types of crankbaits, although that kind of is hard to say because I really do like lipless crankbaits as well. But when I think about what I actually go out and what I use, I probably use square bills and shallow divers more than anything else and i think it's because of the ponds that i fish around here they're all pretty shallow i mean the last one that i fished which i pulled a pretty decent two pounder out of there out of the deep part and that's quotes air quotes right it was barely 10 feet deep um now i said for the most part they don't get hung up if they do get hung up for me it's usually been on some kind of submerged wood like i've seen uh It's like an entire tree branch that's fallen off and gone in the water or something like that. But they'll usually rip through grass, bounce off of anything else. And I can fish them all over the water column, top, middle, bottom. Uh, They kind of rock because of that. Now, after that, you kind of have your medium divers and these can go like anywhere. I mean, to about 10 foot deep about that eight to 10 foot range, I guess. Um, But you can still fish these in shallower places. So, You've got to be careful about what's on the bottom and everything, but what's kind of neat is if you use them in a shallower area, they'll actually really dig down in the bottom really well, and they can trigger strikes that way. You give it a little bit of pause maybe, let it come up some, and dig back down again. Really, too, depending upon how fast you're bringing one in, you can make them swim at different depths. Sometimes that's an advantage for you because you can change how it's going and everything, but other times it is a disadvantage because some of these baits are actually tuned to go at a certain depth or anything like that and when you don't go to that they don't swim right and then they may not look right then you may not get the attraction that you want or anything like that then you've got the deep bot divers and these are the ones that go beyond 12 feet i mean i've got some that i mean i've used them hardly ever because of what i usually fish but i mean i've got some that do 25 feet or more well that's what they say on the package these are the ones that i use less just because i don't go to those places They're good for channels, ledges, rock piles. It's important to get them to bounce off of stuff too. The hard thing with these is getting them down deep and staying there. And it's all about finding that right speed, the casting distance that you deal with anything. Many times you can get them to go down even further if you cast far enough and bring it right in. Uh, Bring it in right, really. Again, you need to make sure that you know the place that you're dealing with unless you don't really care about losing lure. I had a new place at one point that I was fishing, and this is a couple years ago or so, and the pond was huge, and it seemed to be a lot deeper than what I was used to. So I used one of my deeper diving crankbaits, and it got hung up, and I could not retrieve it from the bank where I was at. Um, It was too far out, so I actually lost that one. Later, I found out that when they built this pond, um, it's one of those suburban ponds, they had laid out this heavy duty like mesh hardware cloth on the bottom. So this stuff had like all these little squares basically is what this is made. It's like a grid of, um, this case it was like a plastic mesh and the treble hooks had actually gotten a hold of that and was hung onto that. And it was sad for me because it was at the time I was trying out lucky tackle box and it was one of those lures that I got in there and it was actually a pretty decent lure. I think the lure itself cost more than the entire box cost at that point. So it's kind of an expensive one. And you know, anyways, that is what it is. I haven't gone back to that place since then because of that. Lastly, I think even though they work differently than all the others we talked about so far, they're kind of in their own category. We've got lipless crankbaits, and this is something like the Rattle Trap. I absolutely love these. I mean, they—it really is for me a draw almost between these and the square bills and the uh, the shallow divers. It, it's something like the Rattle Trap. I love them. If you do it right, you can work them in any area of the water column. You can burn them fast across the top. You can let them sink and run in the middle of the water column. You can yo-yo them off the bottom. You can slow roll them. You can rip them through grass a bit easier within a non-lipless crankbait. You've got... Even with different brands, they swim differently. And so if you know that an area has been hit more by rattle traps, like I've got another brand, Yozuri, that I like a lot, um, they, they swim a little bit differently, so they have a little bit of a different action than the, the rattle trap, and they will have a little bit of a different sound. Man, almighty, they just, uh, there's so much that they can do. So I know they kind of stand out from the others, but I did want to talk, to, talk about them just a little bit here, too. Now, at the time of year, typically the warmer the water, the faster you want to work any of these crankbaits. I like to crank and pause, just kind of disrupt that retrieve just a little bit. And really, that's pretty much true any time of the year. I like to use the shallow divers around the spawning time, which can be different for many of y'all. Maybe that's springtime. But for me, I've had many times where it was as early as February. Um, Maybe use a red crankbait during this time just for that crawfish appeal. One of my favorite ways is using the shallow divers First thing in the morning, super shallow, almost like a topwater kind of lure. Um, In the summertime, you can actually start cranking faster. You're going to want to start going deeper too, depending upon the time of day or anything like that. Now, for me, I try to fish early in the morning because the water is a cooler temperature and the fish many times will still be shallower. But as things start to warm up, they're going to go deeper depending upon the thermocline. So yes, deeper crankbaits will be better, but then... They may not be if there's not enough oxygen deeper in the fish to spend higher up in the water column. So you'll have to kind of figure that out um, on any kind of given basis, whatever you're dealing with. In the fall, you can still fish crankbaits pretty decently and quickly. You can use them to just help you locate fish easier in an area. Really, actually, that's true for any time of year. Um, it's going to give you a chance to cover a lot of water fast because they're going to be moving a lot with the bait fish, the water temperature, and everything else. And in winter time you really want to fish crankbaits a little bit slower. Maybe something that has a little bit of a tighter action so that uh, wobbles a little bit quicker. It's, an, it's more noticeable. The colder the water gets, the more lethargic that the bass are going to get. So something that creates a lot of disturbance for them to locate it easily. They don't have to use as much e- uh, energy to go after them or anything like that. That's They want to get something that they think is going to be an easy target during that time. Now, one thing that affects crankbaits more Than most people even realize is your line. The line diameter itself, for one, can affect how deep your baits go and even the type of action that they're gonna have. So basically, basically the way that it is is that the thinner diameter of the line that you have, the deeper the bait's gonna go. And the type of the line matters too. Fluorocarbon, it sinks, braid, mono, they float. Braid has basically no stretch, and mono has a lot. And stretch is a big factor to consider because you can actually really easily pull hooks out of a mouth of a bass and lose more fish that way. I personally, I either like floral carbon or copolymer here. I want something with a little bit of stretch to it and a sinking line. The copolymer that I use is the Floral Clear from P-Line. And so it's, it is a line that's coated in floral carbon. I stick with the copolymers just a little bit more, mainly because of the price standpoint two because they seem to cast a little bit easier for me than straight up fluorocarbon. But again, that's more of an opinion kind of thing there. Rod and reels, uh, yes, they matter. But at the same time, sometimes I think that they don't. Here's the deal that you need to remember, especially if you don't want to buy a rod and reel specifically for crankbait fishing. For crankbait fishing, longer rods, they're going to help you cast further. So if you want to get that bait deeper, that's a good thing. A rod that's, you need a strong rod, but I don't you don't need it as strong as a frogging rod. Um, you just... You just want something that's got a little bit more backbone to it and one that doesn't have like a super fast action. So for me, I've got a seven foot six rod. It's a medium heavy rod um, and it's got a moderate to fast action or tip. So the rod's a little bit beefier and it bends a little bit towards more towards the middle of the rod versus the very tip of the rod. And I've gotten pretty decent over the years with sidearm casting. So the length itself doesn't really bother me. You know, if you think about brush overhead when you're bank fishing, you need to consider that whenever you're using a longer rod. And if you're not used to using a longer rod, if you're not used to casting off to the side or something like that, to can make up for that with the trees that are overhead, still go ahead with the shorter rod and just realize that you're not going to be able to cast as far. For me, the biggest point is that when you're using one, that doesn't have that fast action in the tip. When you go to set the hook, if you do it real fast, what's nice about one that is, has a more moderate action. So one that bends more towards the middle, it's going to absorb that in the rod and it's going to prevent you from pulling the lure out of that fish's mouth. A faster tip works, but you just have to really be careful with that hook set with my rod. It's almost like I'm only just doing a sweeping motion that I use really Many times, I'd I'd probably say 99% of the time, okay, maybe not that high, but the great majority of the time, I really just have to lift up on the rod itself. No hard hook set, anything like that. I just let the rod do the work. And many people will argue with you and tell you that you need a super slow gear ratio for a crankbait reel. And I understand the thinking behind that because it does force you to fish slower and it does give you the strength and the cranking and everything that's useful, but you can use a higher ratio. I'm not against using higher ratios. Most of my reels are a 6-3-to-1, but I do have them even as quick as an 8-2-to-1, and I have no problem with any of those. I probably do more of my cranking on my 6-3-to-1 reels, but that's just a personal speed preference as a general all-purpose reel. Uh, Really, as long as you can learn your reel, you understand how much is, whenever you crank that reel, you know how far something is coming in or anything like that. You can really kind of slow yourself down and adjust yourself just being a little bit self-aware of that hooks with any bait and especially crankbaits, they can really make a big effect on the way that they work i'm a hook sharpener type guy and i always make sure that my hooks are super sharp but there are times where i do replace them as well in general you kind of want to go back with the same size hook that was on there before Unless you really want to change the action and the diving and everything, you can really make some neat things happen, make the bait dive deeper um, and shallower. But you can actually also mess up the action of the lure where it doesn't do much. I found that out the hard way one time and I was watching some, youtube video about someone changing the hooks and they're all like oh use these much bigger hooks now they didn't specify that they were dealing with a bigger crankbait and so i swapped i did that thing on a few of my baits and then i go out there and the lure i mean it had like zero action it worked it worked as good as if it had a ball of weeds on okay just kind of pulled in One hook change that can be killer, though, is changing that rear hook out with a standard hook versus like a treble hook. And even at times, depending upon the bait, removing that front hook. If it doesn't affect the action too much, that can actually help the lure be a bit more weedless. If you're dealing with that a lot wherever you're at, and you'll still get a pretty good hookup ratio out of it. Over time, crankbaits, they can stop running straight or true, as we call it. And it might look like it's going off one way or another, And what we need to do is we need to uh, tune the bait. This is something that's actually pretty easy to do. You just get your needle nose pliers out um, and you slightly just tweak the line tie just a little bit in the opposite direction of the way that you want it to go. So if it's turning left, you know, tune it just a little bit to the right on the line tie and try again. Crankbaits are awesome and they do a whole lot. They allow us to cover a lot of water fast and they can trigger many of the strikes that we've talked about before in previous episode even outside of that hunger strike and that's why I really love them when it comes to hard baits that's all I've got for you today on crankbaits I'm sure there's something in there that I missed and hey just let me know what you think my social handles are in the show notes thanks for listening remember bass fishing's hard takes a lot of time that we don't really have I'm here to teach you all the tips and tricks things that you need to know to make the most of that little time that you have and to catch more fish please do subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts And if you can, rate it, leave a review. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Those are all in the show notes. This is Herschel. I'm the Largemouth Angler. Keep it real, you awesome anglers. Adios.